our, our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we, we wrestled. You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than, 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 I, than I cared about me winning. You know, that was when I really, truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler. There's no reason to sleep in. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I think sleeping in is a little bit of being lazy. Wrestling is just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to, like, figure everything out. No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in-depth. Only fault was that I thought I could pin everybody, you know. So going into the semifinals, I didn't really have a game plan. I was like super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. You know, that's what I love to do. I want to stand. Out. I want to. I want to get in your face. I want to beat you up. For 17 years, it was like it was what I was training for, you know. And this is potentially my last tournament. It's like this is it. It's like eight mile. Like you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know, and um, I was trying to take what was his, so just kind of how things go. Welcome to episode 38 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Earl Smith. Sudden History is back after a little hiatus. About two weeks ago now, I jumped on the Inside Trip Podcast with Brandon and Ben. We talked about some of the best wrestlers not to have won NCAA titles since 1999. It was a good time, and it gave me a kick in the butt to put out another show. If you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, it's at EarlD1CW. For the show, it's at Sudden History. Okay, so occasionally I like to shake things up and keep you guys on your toes. With this week's show, it does feature an interview in the normal style that I like. However, it's not with a guy that wrestled 5, 10, 15 years ago. It's actually with a guy who just finished his career a few months ago. Why? Why not? A few months ago still counts as history. Sudden history, perhaps. So without any further ramblings, let's get to my interview with Kyle Crutchmer. Our guest today on episode 38 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast is a two-time All-American wrestling for Oklahoma State University. Currently he's focused on training for a future, and I think it's a bright future in MMA. Let's welcome Kyle Crutchmer. I appreciate you having me. All right, Kyle, I'm going to start you off with a question I ask uh, most people, uh, kind of common. When and why did you begin wrestling? I began wrestling in uh, sixth grade. Um, I, uh, I I was playing other sports, and um, my dad moved me to a different town, and he was pretty close with the wrestling guys. And uh, You know, prior to this, prior to me uh, committing in sixth grade, he tried to get me to do it my whole life, but I just never really uh, wanted to. So when I uh, moved a lot in Oklahoma, I, uh, I I made the commitment to start wrestling, and there was really no reason behind it other than, um, you know, I had friends that were doing it, and they were going to the club practices at night, and I wanted to hang out with them, so I just kept going. Okay, and uh, you mentioned a little bit as a high schooler, you excelled in football at a school that was a traditional powerhouse you know, was there, you know, I know you're not the prototypical prototypical D1 size guy for football, but was there ever a part of you that wanted to pursue football collegiately? 
Yeah, I mean, my uh, my family has more of a football background. Um, you know, my grandpa played football at OU. My dad played uh, college football. My uncles played uh, Division One football. So everyone pretty much was playing uh, football. And uh, so I made the decision to, to kind of go my separate way and to create my own legacy. And, um, yeah, I mean, a little bit did a little bit of me did want to play football, but like you said, at my height and everything, it's just, it would have been hard. It would have been something that would have been hard to do. So. so so, we're in a time where a lot of kids specialize in sports at a young age. You know, talk about participating in multiple sports all into high school, you know, and how that may have benefited you in the long run. Um, you know, playing multiple sports, it gives you a, a break from, you know, your individual sports, so there's not really time to – Call burnout, um, you know, and then uh, you know other sports, you know, they're, they're different competitive levels, you know, so you get an all around different feel and, and and you learn how to compete in the different uh, aspects, so it just makes you more of a competitor. Um, for me, anyways, I uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing different sports. I enjoyed taking my time off of wrestling to play football. Um, it made me itch a little bit more for the sport. And, you know, just things like that. I just, I, I always like competing and I like competing in different things. So for me, it was just, uh, it was just a no brainer for me when I started, when I grew up that I wanted to compete in different sports. And if you don't mind, talk about your family dynamic and having a parent brother come into your life at a young age and then, you know, how that relationship evolved, you know, particularly with your brother. So, yeah, my, uh, my my dad met my brother's mom, and they got married. So we adopted Brian when we were very young. Um, but yeah, when they came, when we got together, you know, my dad was having a hard time because he was still in school. He was still trying to get his law degree and a bunch of different things like that. So <clears throat> it was hard having a kid. So when he met my mother, you know, he had his, she was in the same situation. They just kind of you know they they helped each other out a lot. And um, you know, as we grew up, me and my brother became very very close. Um, we became best friends. We hang out. We still talk every day. Um, my family's very close. Um, we've always been pretty close, though, you know, even, when I'm drunk, even though we, we had some hard situations and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we, we still found a way to get through it, and, and now, we're, you know, we're a big family. You had mentioned earlier that your family was a big OU family. Uh, during your youth, you know, talk about how you were converted into signing with uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah, so my uh, my grandpa played football at OU, which was my dad's dad. And so when I grew up, I was all OU, all Boomer Sooner. I know everything about it. I watched the national championship games. Um, you know, I had the jerseys. So, you know, when uh, I was getting recruited, they, that was my number one choice to be first. Um, you know, things happened through the recruiting process that uh, changed it up a little bit. You know, having Don Smith come to your house and and explaining, you know, that he wants you and, and, and that he can make you into a champion and all these things, you know, it's hard to it's hard to turn that down when you're you know, when when a guy like that's telling you that and he's already had a lot of success. So, you know, as far as going to OU, I just uh you know, it was no it was no hate for them at all. I, I you know, I I loved my recruiting process, but um, like I said, I don't think it was just a no-brainer not to wrestle at Oklahoma State. That was my situation. 
So coming into college, you know, most wrestlers have a time where they struggle, especially coming into a room so so competitive like OSU. You know, you take your lumps inside and outside of the wrestling room. Did you have a little bit of a, a struggle and adjustment period uh, early in your college career? Oh, yeah. Um, when I first came into the wrestling room, I was wrestling Chris Perry, Tyler Caldwell, and Alex Danger every day. Um, you know, coming in coming in out of high school and, and wrestling those three guys who are having collegiate success already. Um, you know, that's not it's not prototypical. You know, you go in and a lot of college guys get a little bit of a you know a little chip on their shoulder when young guys come in and they knew that I was I was going to be good, so they they try to beat me up as much as they could. So. Um, yeah, it helped me out a lot though. Um, as far as the dynamic, it, it took, it took me a while to get a takedown. Um, it took me a little while to start figuring out the hand fighting and all that, but having those guys help me every day and those guys pushing me, you know, that, that's definitely what made me, uh, a successful wrestler in college was having that push at the beginning. And, uh, you know, one of those guys you mentioned, Chris Perry, you know, after your redshirt season, you, you come in and, uh, you're behind him. Uh, you wrestle at 74, 84, even at 97. Uh, you know, talk about how difficult it was as a talented wrestler ultimately having to sit out in the postseason that first year. Um, so that's when it comes into play, uh, you know, playing football, different sports. Um, in high school when I was a sophomore, I didn't start. Um, I was, we had a pretty, we had a really well-rounded, uh, senior class. Uh, the guy that was in front of me was a three-year starter. So, you know, when I came in, you know, I, I set the bench and, and it was upsetting because I knew I could play and da da da. So even with, with being behind Chris, you know, you, you look at him and, and you just understand that he has one more year left and that's one more year you can get better. Um, coach gave me opportunities to wrestle some, some amount of weight that was just ridiculous, but, um, you know, I, I like to compete. I like to compete. I'll wrestle anybody. Um, I wrestled Gats in the year he, he pinned Snyder to a one point match and I weighed in at seven four. So <clears throat> me, um, you know, what it comes down to is, um, I, I, I accepted my role then. I was there to push Chris. I was there to make myself as good as I could because I knew I'd have my opportunity. And, um, that just happened to be a year after I wanted it to be. So. And so that 2015 season, you got your first taste of competing at the NCAA championships. Uh, it, it seemed like maybe it was a bit of highs and lows because you you were the 12th seed. You upseed up to uh, five seed Blaze Butler, make it to the semis, and you fell in overtime there. But uh, then you finish it off with a fifth-place win over Mike Evans. And if I remember correctly, that was right in front of the OU set, OSU section. Just talk about uh, yes, that. Yes, sir, that was. Um, that tournament was, uh, you know, it was my first time to, to, to really get an opportunity to show everybody what I was made of. Um, you know, I trained real hard. I, I trained every day, um, going in the tournament, you know, having coach Smith preparing you and talking to you and, and in your ear and, and you see guys like Alex Derringer that's successful and you wrestle with him every day. And, and, um, you know, I came in and, and I know seeds. To me, seeds have never meant anything, and and a lot of guys, a lot of the best guys, will tell you that. I had a lot of fun, though. Um, you know, I was I wrestled a lot of my matches in front of the OSU crowd, which made it a lot better. Um, you know, it was a lot more exciting, a lot louder. 
but I just, I, I just try to have fun. I, I left, I left everything out there. I, I, uh, I didn't, I didn't get too worried and get too caught up in the situation. I just went out there as a 12 seed and, and, and did everything I could to help my team try to, uh, get a trophy. And you said the seeds didn't really matter. Entering the 2016 season, you're the highest, uh, ranked, all-American returning, you start off the season in the All-Star match. Does that give you more pressure starting as one of the top guys opposed to the year before where you had to kind of come up through the ranks? Uh, Yeah, you know, but uh, something I heard the other day with, with pressure, you know, becomes, becomes responsibility. Uh, just because, you know, your sophomore year, you're, you do well, doesn't mean you're just going to be handed to your junior year. Um, so, you know, my responsibility changed a little bit. You know, now I'm a leader of a team that's that's you know on a hunt for a 35 national championship. Um, now I'm a I'm an older guy, I'm an upperclassman. You know, guys are looking up to me. So yeah, there was a little bit more pressure. Um, you know, you go in every day, and, and if you're not having a good day, young guys see that and they think they can slide. So for me, you know, the pressure was wasn't so much uh, Matt. For, uh, you know, my practices and, and, uh, you know, how I acted off, off the mat and how I acted, you know, outside of the wrestling room. Um, that becomes a, a bigger role in your life and, and that's a role that I accepted and, um, I appreciate it that role. I'm blessed to have that role. So I never really felt too much pressure as far as wrestling came. I just, you know, I wanted to be a good role model for our guys on our team. So late in that season, you suffered an injury, which ultimately kept you out for the remainder of the season. Uh, wrestling Matt Reed of OU, you know, talk about how it occurred, and then I, I believe you still tried to work through it before ultimately not being able to finish the season. Yeah, so I broke my foot uh, wrestling in bed. There was 18 seconds left. Um, I was up by one, and I broke my foot. Um, it was just a weird step. It was what's called a Lynn Franck injury. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Kyle Dake had it as well. So, yeah, I mean, I was devastated. Uh, but, you know, I, I left. My foot was so big. It was black and blue. Uh, we waited a week for it to swell down. And then, you know, I went and seen, like, ten different doctors. I got uh, plates put underneath underneath uh, my soul. Um, I did everything I could to try to wrestle. And, you know, I... I I did good one day, and the next day was just really, really, really sore. So I take the day off, and then I came in and wrestled Chris Perry one day, and I, I wrestled okay, but I just had no drive in my foot. I had it taped real heavy, and um, you know, we just kind of came to the decision that you know we don't want to really, really hurt it too bad. So, um, and we had Chandler Rogers, who's also very great, and, and, and he was he was doing real well that year. So. We just had, you know, there's a lot of things that came into factor, but, you know, as a, as, like I said, as a junior and as an upperclassman, you want to give your team the best chance they can, they can have to win. And I just didn't think that I was going to be able to, you know, put up enough for our guys to be successful as a team. So as a senior this past season, you have a solid season, get the seven seed at Nationals. Uh, first match, you're upset by Jake Residoria of SIU Edwardsville. Um, so, so many times I've seen highly ranked returning all Americans. They lose early and seem to, you know, mail it in for the rest of the tournament and, uh, you know, fall short. What prevented you from uh, having that mindset and having that happen to you? 
after I got beat, I was I was real, real, real upset. Um, you know, there was a part of me that wanted to cash it in, like you said. Um, I was sitting in a in a in a shower out in the back in our locker room in my singlet. I just felt like everything I ever worked for was just taken from me right then. Uh, but you know, having you know Coach Smith and Coach Guerrero and Caldwell and Perry there having my back, you know, they're telling me like, hey, you know, don't give it up, you know, end your career right, da da da, you know. And then you look at my bracket, and I have some very, very, very good wrestlers on the backside already that I have to uh, beat. So you know, a lot of things are going through my head, but you know, one thing I've always credited myself on was being tough, being competitive. So I wasn't going to leave there without anything. Uh, that was just my goal. Um, even if I had to take eighth, I would have done anything I could to got eighth. I know that's after you lose your know, after you can't be a national champion, everything else is just kind of the same to me. So I just try to figure out any way I could to get back in the, in the mix and had a couple of good wins on the backside and kept it rolling and then eventually won in the blood round and made it all American round. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people will say that, you know, it, they'll mail it in and they'll check it in, but that's never really been my thing. So. Yeah, I just I just try to keep everything rolling and going, keep my team positive, and try to make a run out of trophy. And so now that your uh, collegiate career is finished up, just a few months ago, um, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment as a wrestler, or maybe your most memorable moment? Uh, my greatest accomplishment as a wrestler, um, to me. I mean, I could I could name accolades and stuff like that, but to me, my greatest accomplishment was to be a part of Oklahoma State. You know, the tradition, uh, being a three-year starter. You know, working hard every day. You know, and, and being able to compete in, in all the biggest duels you can think of. Uh, that's probably my biggest accomplishment. And uh, what was the other question you asked? Me? Uh, the most memorable moment. The most memorable moment. Um, Wrestling in the uh, Iowa duel with the, on the field, the grab the gridiron, man, that was a lot of fun. Forty-two thousand people. Uh, we didn't win as a team, but uh, you know it was a lot of fun. Uh, one of the greatest, probably if if not the greatest duel uh, as far as you know attendance-wise ever. I don't know if it'll ever be broke, but being a part of that was just you know very very cool. So that was probably my most enjoyable moment. Okay, so I've asked some serious questions. Now I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. Uh, you spent five years wrestling for Oklahoma State. Uh, can you share with us a good John Smith story, something funny, intense? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where you want to go. Something about John Smith? Yeah. Um, when I was getting recruited, I had my earrings in. I had earrings when I was a senior. And uh, it was it was just one of those phases. Don't judge me. But uh, Coach Smith came into my house. He looked at me and he goes, first of all, I'm not going to recruit you until you take these damn earrings out of your ears. <laughs> so right then and there, I sit on the table. I took the earrings out, threw them in the trash, and never wore them again. So that would be, that'd be one of the, the stories I can tell that people might enjoy a little bit. Okay, I like that. Um, so another one of your coaches made headlines earlier in uh, the last week, uh, Eric Guerrero is going to head up the 
Oklahoma RTC. You know, what can you tell us about him as a coach and a person? Coach Guerrero's it was my guy. Uh, he's a lot of people's guy. A lot of people don't see the good sides of him, and, and you know they, they see him as a tough guy, but man, he's always checking on all of us. He's always making sure we're good. He's, he, you know, we go out to eat with him. We, you know, we do different things. He's just a really good guy. He makes, he takes care of us. He, uh, if there's anything wrong, you know, outside of wrestling, you know, you could talk to him about it and he listens and he gives you, you know, he offers his advice. As far as technique goes, probably one of the best technicians I've ever been around, if not the best. Um, the guy knows everything, everything about wrestling, knows every situation. Um, you ask him any question, he'll have three or four different ideas for you. So it's not like you're just learning one thing. Um, so you got to watch out for Oklahoma now. I mean, adding that guy is, a, is huge, you know, for any program. Um, so all condolences to him. I, I hope nothing but the best for him. But for me, I'll never be able to like OU go. So, <laughs> but I like him. He knows uh-huh. that. So uh, the next chapter for you is uh, MMA career. For some reason, I always peg you as a guy that would have a big future in the octagon. When did you realize that this could be a career path for you? Um, so when I was in high school, uh, a lot of people thought I could do it just cause I, I don't, I mean, I don't know either. Just people have always thought I could do it. So I thought about it then and I, in college, I thought about it a little bit, but I was so focused on wrestling that I really never considered it. And then, um, after I got done about a month after I got done, uh, wrestling, I had a couple guys reach out to me and, and asked me if I wanted to come and, and, and fight and, and try it. So I made a commitment to come out, and so far, so good. So. And so uh, how did you get hooked up with AKA? Uh, you know, I believe that's where you're going to be training. You know, anyone familiar with MMA knows they've produced some of the best fighters in the world. Uh, Daniel Cormier, he wrestles OSU. Um, yep. He called me one day, told me they you know, they'd fly me out and, and pretty much wine and dine me and, and show me some good things about San Jose. And, you know, but the thing about them is, is, you know, it's not even about all that. You know, like you said, they just have some of the greatest wrestling fighters ever. So, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was a no brainer when it came to making that decision. And, you know, and, and Daniel has done a really good job of, of taking care of me and showing me the way. So, and so, uh, what's the timetable for you? Where are you at in your training, and how long is it till we see you competing? Um, I've made a commitment to myself as much as I want to compete and, and fight, but I'm going to wait at least six months uh, to make a decision. I mean, even if I think I'm ready in three months, I'm just going to let myself settle and learn all of this and uh, and try to have as most as much success as I can from the get go. Um, I don't want any, you know, I don't want to take any steps back trying to rush it. So probably six, six months, maybe a little less, but right now definitely six months. So. And so who else would you like to see from a wrestler standpoint, join you in the fight game, someone who could make a great fighter, you know, a teammate of yours, competitor, or just someone you've watched over the years. Who I think could be a good fighter. Yeah. Um, Jacob Casper, Duke. Oh, 
That'd probably be my guy that I would I would I would think so. Uh, my boy Nick Piccinini at Oklahoma State. I think he could he could do very well in in fighting. Um, and I think a guy like Dylan Palacio could could do some could do some damage in in MMA. He's a character, so oh yeah, he would be. Um, he would be know, good on the I mic. think he would sell some stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. So those are my three guys, but if I had to pick Jacob Casper, mm-hmm. okay. And so I something I, guy. I always pay attention to is uh, walkout music. Well, you know, you're fighting tonight. What would you use as uh, your walkout music and your nickname? Oh, uh, my nickname, my walkout music. Um, so I believe that some people are supposed to give you your nickname, you know. So I haven't got a nickname yet. Um, and, and I, and I really, I really don't want to give myself a nickname right now, but my walkout song, I'd probably, uh, right now would probably be Thunderstruck by ACDC just cause it's, you know, it's, it's a song that everybody knows and, you know, every time you listen to it in, a, in an event, you know, it pumps you up, makes you excited. So that'd probably be my go right, right now for sure. Okay. You can't argue with that. All right, well, that yeah. is all that I have for you. Is there anything that uh, anyone you want to give a shout-out to or plug or anything like that? Yeah, shout-out to uh, my dad, Kevin Cooks, who just got the job at uh, Washington Baptist out in Arkansas, Division yeah, Two. Yeah, I saw that. Um, he's the head coach there now. So, you know, um, if guys are looking for a place to wrestle and they want to get coached by one of the best coaches in the country, that's the spot you need to go to. So that's my shout-out. I love my dad, so hope all, all goes well down there. All right. Well, a big thanks to Kyle Crutchmer for joining us on the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. Once again, I appreciate and thank Kyle Crutchmer for appearing on the Sudden History Podcast. I'm going to be telling you guys I told you so a few years from now when he's a Bellator UFC champ. Before I sign off, remember to check out my people over at The Rudis. I still have some sweet D1CW shirts that they made for me. I'll figure out a way to give those shirts away sometime before episode 92 or something. As always, check out all of my sister shows on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Some episodes I've enjoyed recently are JB's Trip Down Memory Lane in Fargo on Short Time. There's lots of old Virginia names that I haven't heard in years. I'm also feeling the PA Power Podcast College Edition with two former D1 wrestlers in Tristan Warner and Mason Beckman. Keep up the good work, guys. That's about it for now, so Greg Jones, take us away. How the hell do I get off this stage?